0: Hi everyone, and welcome to We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about one of the most unique jobs in sport: football stadium announcer. Oh, it's just the highest honour you could have without putting on the shirt. I was flying back
1: for every. Grandsman came over and said, "Just read what you've read out again." And I said, "Oh my god!" Number
2: forty making its debut: salt and
1: pepper tofu. I'm saying, "Come on, get off the pitch, you bam bots! Come on!" My uh, office at the time was actually a shed. I'll say, "Do you know who I am?" And they look at me, "No." So I stand there and go, uh-huh. "There will be two minutes of added time," and at that point, <laughs> I'm in. i been in anywhere.
0: <laughs> Yes, this is a podcast about those people who are the voice you hear on stadium PA systems at football grounds up and down the country. I'm Rich Hurst, I'm the announcer at West Bromwich Albion and I'm chatting to my counterparts up and down the leagues about why we love the job we get to do every single match day. It's a privileged position, full of insight into what goes on behind the scenes and the more I delve, the more I meet similar people who live for that buzz when we introduce the teams just before kickoff, our 2.55 moment. But we've also had some crazy experiences that only come with being involved in the national institution that is a British football match day. So it's time to begin a new season. So we're grabbing our clipboards, taking our position, and checking the mic is turned up loud for the start of a new season and a new edition of We Welcome Your Teams. So hello and welcome to the new season of We Welcome Your Teams. And with me, as always, is voice of Old Trafford, Alan Keegan. Alan, how's your pre-season rest been? All right?
1: Yeah, it's been very nice, actually, Rich. Um, we, we say rest. is quite strange because um, at Old Trafford, when the last game was played in May, um, and obviously with the reef sort of of the fixtures and the backlog and Chelsea getting to the final of the Cup, our games were rearranged at the end. But for me after the sort of final game, we have two weeks of what they call end of season pitch days. So all the sponsors, well, partners, have access, all the, like, Team Viewer um, have access, Adidas, you know, all the main principal sponsors. So there's day after day. So I did about seven of them as well. So, like, it's getting tighter and tighter, you know, from the beginning, from the end of the season to the start of the new one, because I'm doing the friendly um, as well. And, and just one quick one. I met the new boss at one of the open day pitch days, which was brilliant. And uh, what a man, what a guy, absolutely fantastic. And walked into the room unannounced, just off the cuff, and welcomed all the sponsors and the guests who were part of the team viewer day. Nice. Does, does, he, does he want to change the music you walk out to, though? Well, you know, I think we're, that's a little bit down the list. That you know, okay, but we right. will get to that eventually. You know, I mean, uh, obviously Gary Gary Neville chose that when he was captain, and we've yeah. stayed with it. It's the Stone Rollers' Manchester band, but yeah, Eric was great. I put a picture on Instagram, and uh, it's had the big most amount of likes I've ever liked fifty four thousand.
0: Well, it's it's good to know you've started that relationship off early. Fingers crossed, it's a longer one than you've had with previous managers.
1: Uh. Well. Well, Rich, you're right. right and, he and I around. also asked him, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah. I got the correct pronunciation, and he thanked me for asking because he said, it isn't Hag. It's, is know, it isn't. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's uh, Eric Ten Hag. hag.
0: hag. Yeah. yeah <laughs> nice.
1: So.
0: Glad we cleared that up. Thank you very much. All that, I've got to give a shout out to... Um... Chris Temple of this parish who's obviously been doing the England Games at the Women's Euros. I do hope they've given him a better seat than the men's game. Do you remember he told us he was sitting by the corner flag for like the final it was ridiculous. Uh, so big shout out to Chris for uh, doing his announcer work over the summer before the new season yeah. gets going. We of course now are going to introduce our guest to today's podcast and we're going to introduce our guest to the music that his team walk out to. you know what? It's fitting that for the first edition of this new season we're speaking to someone who is embarking on new territory as his club begin their first season in the top flight in 23 years. During the week he's a presenter for his local BBC station but at weekends and the odd weeknight he's the voice of one of the most famous old grounds in football history. It's a job he's had for almost 20 years and this season is likely to be his most exciting yet. Please welcome voice of Nottingham Forest, Mark Dennison. And- I made the crowd noise
2: myself. It's time. Yeah,
0: well done. <laughs> and this is what you walk out to. Guns and Roses. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. <clears throat> wow. Yeah.
2: Not not me personally, uh, but the, um, the the boys do. And this was a special request from. This came from the chairman. So uh, when when the chairman, as you know, when, when the chairman makes a bit of a change and a suggestion. Uh, no one questions it, and that's what that's what we do, and I'm sure that's what we'll carry on with as well.
0: You think? Oh, okay, that's interesting. I was going to say because is it. All, I'm guessing then it hasn't always been been that.
2: No, it's it, it is a little bit of a mix, and and it's changed and it's evolved over time. I guess the biggest anthem, if you like, uh, at Forest is Mull of Kintyre, um, and that is played literally just as the referee blows his whistle, or just before. So the players are out, they've, they've shaken hands, there's a burst of mulligan tie, the crowd pick it up, and that is what gets the game off and running. And it tears on the back of the neck.
0: The it? Yeah, and that, that's the kind of, that's the anchor tune, that's the one that everybody knows, but it's interesting, you you know, it means you can play a bit with the walkout one, I suppose. Maybe, especially on this pod, we've put a bit of emphasis always on the walkout music, but actually that gap just before kickoff, like at West Brom, we have the liquidator, um... That's actually the one probably that everybody is dead set on always sticking with.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, it's one of those that it's, it's kind of, as long as I can remember, we've played it at that point. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, God forbid, if anyone forgets to fire the, do you remember, CDs uh, or something like that. And that has happened as well. The CDs jammed and you just think, where's it gone? Where's it going, Phil? Why is it so so quiet? And actually, the crowd just pick it up. But now, of course, on social media, all you get is a stream of, what happened to Mull of Kintyre? You, you didn't fire it. And I'm like, can you see a switch anywhere?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true, isn't it, Al? It's always our fault, even though we're just the ones standing on the pitch with a microphone.
1: The amount of times I've said to people, do you you see a mixing desk where I am? (laughs) I mean, all I have is a a, a piece of metal in my hand that's whatever... (laughs) And I just, you know, people say it's your fault, it's too loud, it's too low, you can't hear you, you played this, you played that, I've had it all, you
0: know, I've yeah. had it all. No, we yeah, do, it, it does happen. So, so, Mark, how how did you end up getting the job then? Take us back to, uh, what was that, it's 20 years ago now, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, um, so at the time I was working in commercial radio, um, I, I know the guy that did it before me, he was leaving. Um, And a message came around work uh, to say, oh, Forrester looking for a new stadium announcer. And at the time, I think three of us said, "Uh, that sounds fun, so we'll do it. But we'll do it on a rotor. And I think uh, the other guys did one game each. And it just wasn't, wasn't for them. I think maybe it's one of those things where you think, oh, yeah, that would be a laugh. And when you actually do it, for whatever reason, it's maybe not for you. So I just ended up picking it up from there. And I think at the time, 2003-04, we're talking dark days of kind of League One and stuff like that. And then it's been a, a journey, a journey of championship, League One again, almost promotion, lots of almosts. And um, of course, this last season just gone has been, has been probably, well, by far and away, the, the most memorable season I can remember there.
0: And i take it you were uh you would have been uh there well i suppose that that final night I'm just trying to remember um it was, it was playoffs wasn't it
2: yeah playoff um semi final um would have been we were at home we were against sheffield united mm-hmm. it was spiky game all the way through it was penalties forest and penalties is a bit like england and penalties you know you you just think. And no, no, I, I can see how this is going to end, if we're all completely honest. But there's been something about this season that <clears throat> Steve Cooper came in last um, September and we were rock bottom of the championship. And if anything, I think everyone was looking the other way. He's come in and, as you two both know, the, the higher you climb, the greater the expectation comes. And people started whispering about playoffs, even automatic at one point because we were we were that close to Bournemouth and we played Bournemouth and missed out. So then it was playoffs and yeah uh, Sheffield United at home beat them on penalties and got to Wembley.
0: Mm. And and does that mean you do you, you did your bit at Wembley as as every announcer we seem to interview on this pod apart from me has got to do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not that you you're not bitter about it Rich, are you? Yeah. Um <laughs> one day mate, one day. No, I, it was and it was um it was quite funny how it how it came about. Because I remember, again, going back a long time when Forrest flirted with promotion last time. Um, someone at the club had mentioned this about going to Wembley and they get the two announcers from the two teams and you do something. Uh, that didn't come off. And so when we'd got into the playoffs uh, a couple of months ago, I mentioned to someone at the club and said, is this still the case? Does this still happen with the Wembley thing? And he said, yeah, I think so. I'm not entirely sure. Went away. All the time I'm thinking, please, you know, please just make it happen. And, um, yeah, I got a message to say, right, yeah, we need you there. Here's the plan. We've got a couple of VTs. You do a bit. Gee the crowd up. Not that they needed geeing up. Um, And that was it. But it was, it was an amazing day, not least because I was doing both of my jobs. I was there, I was on air in the morning. We did a, an outside broadcast from Wembley with the fans and everything. And then I went into Wembley, did a quick sound check and stuff, and then had a couple of hours to kill. Went back later and did my thing. Number nine, Virginia. Virginia. Number nine,
0: Very jealous and will remain so until I, d- I don't know when it's gonna happen but I-, I can't I can't I can't keep dreaming I'll just say see how things go see how things go so obviously that that was that was honestly incredible thing to be part of can you remember your first game your first ever game
2: um I can't remember who we were we were playing I do remember that it was before social media and um, maybe even before there, there were a lot of forums i remember that oh yeah and yeah. i do remember that there was a forum on the forest site and someone had said to me that like, i wouldn't wouldn't read that because you know it's one of those things where you change anything and people will be you know and it will take people a bit of time to get used to the change and i thought yeah yeah, yeah don't worry i work in radio i've got a thick skin Um and I looked I looked on there and someone had made a comment about, Oh, the new announcer's a bit shy, he doesn't he doesn't look up, he doesn't kind of look around the place. And I thought, yeah, you're probably right, actually. And and now I think it is one of those jobs where it does take a bit of time to get used to. It's it's completely different to to radio and I've got a lot of friends and colleagues that they love being on the radio but are quite happy in your little box and doing doing that. Live uh, presenting is something completely different, and I and I love doing that, and I love the fact I can get to do both. And that, sorry, Rich, Wembley Day was probably the perfect example of that. I'm not going to mention it that much more.
0: It's all right. So right. I'm, I'm I'm used to it. This is the start of the fourth season. I'm guaranteed. You know, I'm I'm surprised. You know, we haven't got anyone lined up yet who hasn't done it. I'm sure it will happen at some point this season. Fingers crossed. Anyway, Al, do you remember? Do you remember having to get used to it as a new sort of discipline when you first started?
1: Yeah, it's funny that you should mention that, because um, I was never broadcasting the full-time sort of sense of the word, like every day, but I did a weekly show. And I suppose with radio, you you know, back then when I did it, I know it's a lot more on screen now, what you're reading and what you're seeing and you're playing the music in your trailers and whatever else, your features. But back then you did look down, didn't you? Because you had your notes, you had the mic you're checking everything and then you're just hitting your cartridge or whatever it is, and uh, and you played it. So, um, yeah, but I think for me, uh, it was just the fact that I was doing the club I supported. It was, um, I mean, the first Premier League game was Newcastle. I've mentioned this before. And, you know, I was a nervous, not a nervous wreck, because I was dead excited. So it was a mixture of everything. So thrilled, so honoured looking around thinking, am I really here? You know, 75,000 people and I've got this job, you know, and I just want to get through this game without any mistakes. Make sure I say all the names right, get the right goal scorers. And if you don't notice, then I've done a good job, you know. And so I I know what you're saying, because you're sort of, even now you're reading off your folder or whatever you've got with you, as you say... Rich your clipboard so i suppose we are renowned for looking down aren't we because we're checking it and (laughs) making sure we're getting out the right information
0: it's a good point yeah it's a very good point
1: um so so mark
0: what about where you sit for matches then where are you how close are you to the action because when we speak to a lot of our announcers there's a real mix between some people who are in the gods nowhere near the action some people right down the front they can't almost get an impression of what's going on elsewhere around them whereabouts are you
2: (laughs) I, um, I sit pitch side, so as you come out of the tunnel, uh, you turn left, and I'm, I'm, there's a little row of um, little flip-down plastic seats. And I'm saying this, and I'm hoping that during the refurb, because uh, there's had to be a lot of work done to bring city ground up to uh, Premier League uh, status and everything, I'm hoping I've got a new seat. Um, and I, I, what my dream would be would it be a comfy seat, a bit of shelter, um, maybe some heating some hot water facilities yeah. <laughs> hot, hot drink making and some uh, some snacks and nibbles i I mean how many of those will happen i i don 't know uh, but we can we can all dream but i 'm on pitch side I used to be i 'd do the intro and i 'd do half time from the pitch and then during the game i'd go up to there 's a control room and when Forrest got big screens there I think it was about ten years ago something all of the controls for the big screens are now in that in that control room so we got big screens but i had to get out and go and sit uh, by the pitch so i mean brilliant close up you couldn't get closer to the action but january and december and november blooming cold
0: yeah yeah it's i've never known different i've never when i did it at portsmouth we were in a little concrete uh shed, shack underneath one of the floodlights and that was almost like, that That was close to being, I, I, was, I can only describe it as a World War II bunker. Whereas, whereas the only way to see out to the ground was through a strip, you know, it was all concrete. And then there was a strip of glass about head height, which can only have been, I don't know, a foot wide. So, you, you know, literally your eyes and your nose can get out, but not the rest of your face. And you can have a look around. And that's what we had to see what was going on. So when we're trying to see a goal score at the opposite end, was ridiculous. So when I got to West Brom, and stood by the tunnel, and and if it's a quiet enough game, sat on the seats in front of the away bench. Couldn't couldn't believe where I was. Could not believe where I was, yeah. and just how close we were to to the action. And yeah, obviously, the weather is never never seems to be kind in November, December, January, February. Especially you know we always talk about the January midweek cup replays. Wednesday Wednesday the seventh of January still playing at half ten at night in a you know in extra time. <laughs> But um it's 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 the better place to be, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You get a sense of what's going on, you can feel that the crowd are quite close to you anyway. It's fairly you know, the, the, the stands are relatively close to the pitch anyway. So yeah. you you'd feel like you're in it, uh, and you're all going through whatever the experience is, good or bad. So yeah, I I quite like being there. Um and i must especially just on a kind of comfort thing um a heated waistcoat, one of these usb charge charger things that is that has been a game changer for me
0: oh so you've got so hang on i've got to get this this terminology right waistcoat or is it waistcoat or gilet Uh,
2: well i mean (laughs) you know is it tim Tim sherwood
0: with a gilet under the under the suit jacket or is it as you know three-piece suite uh, three-piece suit alan keegan is here full-on you know waistcoat underneath underneath the suit well that's a good
2: point as well so i mean i would say it's a waistcoat it's got a a little zip on it and then club coat over the top yeah uh feet are the things that i haven't quite mastered of you know trying to get those to not get frostbite that is that is the thing
1: if anybody has managed that yet i'd love to know
0: yeah
2: yeah please do but alan you're suited and booted are you
1: yeah well um it was always something that the club requested and um they wanted me to wear a suit and the club tie and everything. And um, I've just taken it on board ever since. And now, um, I, if I wear my own dark suit, they like me to wear a black suit. So I did get a sort of, um, if you like, club jacket, etc. Um, and in fact, I must put an order in for a new one, but uh, I've always worn the old uh, waistcoat with it. You know, I've looked the part. And then um, whoever we've got us to sponsor, they always give me the overcoat, you know, with the load, load up, et cetera. So I've always done quite well for, um, for equipment, um, as you know, and uh, for uh, the gear that they wear. So, yeah, I can't complain, I'm afraid.
0: So every episode of the pod, we're going to review three tunes from the guys at Shoot Music who send round songs to DJs up and down the country and in fact across the world to see if they can make it onto their match day playlist. So I've got a couple of tunes now that I'm going to put to you, Mark and Alan, to decide whether they are one for the warm-up whether they are build-up bangers or maybe even they are walk-out worthy. You might even consider playing them as your team walks out. It's a big honour to bestow on a song, so it has to be quite something, but I'm interested in your opinion. So the first tune I'm going to play you today is from, well, basically, these are, these are two words that get every stadium DJ excited. David Getter, right? He's done a brand new tune uh, that's out at the minute. It's called Family Affair. You might recognise a sample from Mary J. Blige. Here's a clip.
1: I, I, I can I
0: can just see I can just see Alan out with out with the team, you know, kind of him, Jaden Sancho. Uh, Maybe Donny van der Beek. They'd all be out on a, on a night somewhere in a nightclub, vibing to that one. Sounds about right, doesn't it, Alan?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a warm up one. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if we want, to, but we'll give we'll give it a we'll give it a bit of a play at the warm up because um, so we we've asked some of the players at United to choose some of the warm up music and it and it's been interesting to say the least. So bit, uh, yeah, I could definitely see that one going in the warm up. Okay, what about you, Mark?
2: I I would say warm up, or maybe a bit closer to kickoff. Oh, okay, I think when that. That, when that kicks in, I think it's got a really good and I quite like the kind of family. I'm looking too deeply into this, but the family affair kind of thing. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, in there. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And and uh, I did want share a lift with Mary J. Blige, so oh. there we are. Did that you? was a, that's an elevator lift, not. A car, oh, right. I didn't just like randomly <laughs> you know, going to Sainsbury's, whatever.
0: <laughs> wow, what that wasn't at the city ground, was it?
2: No, that was oh, a okay. no, sorry, that was a ridiculous, that was such a way name drop yeah. clanger That was that was awful. Now, it was a radio thing, it was when they used to fly you like to other countries to go and do radio interviews. So I went to New York to go and interview Mary J. Blige for 20 minutes.
0: Nice. Come on, okay, okay. Well, I wonder, I wonder if you shared a lift with the, the next person we're going to play you. Uh, uh, these are Southampton Rockers Regent. Ring any bells? No, no, no. that's all right. Okay, fair enough. Just checking. Never mind. Never know. Could be about. Could be about to change. This is a tune from them, which is called "You Want to Play with Me." Come on. Any song with la-la-las in it has always got a chance of football, hasn't it? Mark, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean,
2: I think, you know, once you've had a few, you know, um I would say warm-up or maybe, a, yeah, half-time. Half-time uh, okay. on a kind of drizzly, wet Saturday afternoon or Wednesday night or something like that. Stick that on. I think, yeah, yeah, get the crowd okay. singing along.
1: Alan, it's yeah, OK. D- yeah. Yeah, d- definitely to... Nearer to the kickoff, you know, you'd sort of get away with that. And like you say, anything with a la la la, that sort of chorus thing, you know. As Mark said, uh, a few drinks before in the local pubs in the surrounding area, concourse, you come out and you're ready to, you're ready to rock and roll to the region. So, uh, oh, bring it on. look at that! He's done
0: this before, isn't he? I love that. Okay, well, that one, that one gets a bit of a build as a build-up banger. This is the last one I'm going to play you now. Uh, this is from. Uh, a a fantastically named band called monster truck and it's called get my things and go oh wow
1: Oh, then what do we think of Monster Truck? Not for me, fellas, not for me I'm afraid. Um it might be good in the uh, in the Levi Stadium or somewhere similar, but I can't see it happening at Old Trafford. Oh Mark <laughs> I quite I quite like it
2: myself to be honest. My heart is sinking. Um yeah I, I I do know what you mean. I, uh, it's it's got like kinda of noddability, isn't it? But I, um, maybe in the maybe in the warm up or oh, just before the warm up, the, the, the warm up to the warm up.
0: We'll find, find yeah. that position for the warm up to the warm up. I like that. Okay, all right, Jed. Thank you very much. Strong strong reviewing game there. It's, it's it's our closest thing to hit miss or maybe. But those are the tunes that may or may not be making marks on stadium playlists in the next couple of weeks or so.
1: Mark, when, Mark, when you look at your sort of journey overall, and, and you look at that first sort of map, and you look at the whole. You say you were rotating it while well, supporting with the other two guys. Sort of. What What's been the worst experience? What's sort of the biggest clangor or clangers? And what's been apart from Wembley? What else has been a, a magic moment being the announcer at Forest?
2: Uh, magic moment wise, I, I I can't think of. It anything that that gets close to um, Wembley. And it's difficult looking back on this season as well because, you know, the FA Cup run that we had, we had Arsenal, uh, Leicester, who were not only Premier League, but relatively local uh, rivals, I suppose, although they're not our big rivals. Um, And then Liverpool, that was a really, really close game. So the fact that we... You know, we had those big teams at home. It's really difficult to see this season as anything apart from absolutely magic and and how we're going to beat that. I've no idea. Hopefully this coming season will be memorable. I was thinking about clangers and stuff like that. And and, and hands up here, it wasn't mine. And I am not trying to make out I don't make mistakes because, you know, anyone will tell you I do plenty um but it is someone else's mistake i just think it's still quite funny so that i was away uh, another guy's filling in and bless him he's trying to get his head around everything going on and um he was given a bit of pronunciation help as well because at the time we had a french guy called david frio i think his name was uh but also there was another david in the squad as well so anyway, he was really pleased with himself. He'd kind of written his notes by the side and he would like, David, David, David. And he'd got to number 11, David Frio. And the crowd cheered and he thought, oh, that's great. Works down the list, gets a few, through a few more players and then gets to number 26, who is David Johnson, Brendan Johnson's dad, uh, and then gives him the French treatment as well and calls him David Johnson, to which the crowd obviously go, oh, David's French now, is he? Oh well, that's marvelous. Well done everyone. Um but it's just one of those he's kinda of stuck in my mind for a long time. And uh bless him. I'm trying to think whether he ever filled in for me again. I'm not sure if he did.
0: <laughs> just 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 well, he's gotta be more careful with his Davies, hasn't he? <laughs>
2: It's wise words for everyone, that. Be careful with your Davids. Always be careful with your Davids. Not everyone is French, are they?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, so on, on that, Mark, if you don't mind, Rich, i just jump in here. On that then, so how many games have you missed and why? And is there somebody there who's officially going to fill in for you? How does that work at Forest?
2: Um, a very, hopefully this season, very few, because it's all new and exciting it's um premier league time um i am actually missing one in september because we booked a booked a a holiday and it's the only time that we can all go uh me and my wife and my daughter so i am going to miss one early september um i don't know who's filling in for it's been a real range and they've uh, occasionally in the past tends to be august september if I've been away, and they've they've tried some people out and some people have done it more than once. Uh, there's a guy that works at the club that occasionally does it as well. Uh, it tends to be for those reasons, and I haven't missed any for illness. It's only been for for holidays, and wow. I'm trying to have fewer holidays.
0: It's the thing with the seed cart, and we don't know when games are going to get changed, when TV's going to come in and move. What was your Saturday to a Sunday, or what was your... I don't know midweek to a Friday or a Monday. You just don't know, do you? So we're kind of at the mercy of that a little bit, and it's not—it's not the nicest feeling when you, when you're away. And you know, we've talked about this before many times with people about you know having to be away for whatever reason and missing those games because you know that'll be the that'll be the five-four screamer.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's which it's like to use the radio comparison as well. As radio presenters don't like being off, do we? Because. You know, if we're off. They might get someone in who's who's better, and it's that kind of it's that presenter paranoia creeps in more,
0: more often because that's how we got the job in the first place.
2: <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely right.
0: Yeah. Okay. I know. All right. Well, look, fingers fingers crossed. Apart from that one, uh, you don't miss any others because I think it's going to be quite quite the season for you there. And I guess, and I guess because you've been doing it for for a while, what what is what is the relationship with you? away from forest now with fans supporters do many people recognize you from your voice do many people know you through social media or anything like that what's your what's your following like
2: i i think yeah all of those things combined i think social media played a big part i think if i if i didn't work at forest my social media would would not be say on twitter for example it wouldn't be where it is without without forest no question um Again, uh, which I'm so sorry, I keep mentioning Wembley. Uh, Wembley did, you know, because um, my, even my profile picture now, obviously it's, it's going to be Wembley, isn't it? And after the game, people saying you know oh i'm in the background of your your profile picture because i'm I'm right in the crowd you know my my picture taken there's a guy behind me and he messaged me and he goes i didn't even realize it was you when i saw you by the side of the pitch, and i'm now on your picture i'm like you've made my 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 week kind of thing so yeah i mean you do and i think occasionally with with radio stuff you get occasionally someone on the phone will go i recognize that voice or i recognize that name or whatever but quite often it is through through forest now and again because of the season that they've had this last season it's a packed house every week and that's obviously going to going to continue now they're looking at extending the ground as well if that goes through so you know it, it's it's happy days
0: well the the big test of your status as always is whether you're on cameo that's the, and that's the thing where people pay you know 10 quid 20 quid or you know in Alan Keegan's case, thousands of pounds to to have you to have you do him a special birthday message on 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 the phone or on social media or on a video or, you know, to a special dedication or something like that.
2: Uh, I'm re- I'm going to let you down here. I, I do. No, I, I don't do cameo. Uh, I it's, haven't made it.
0: It's, it's, it's your it's only your passive income that's suffering, I think, Mark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh you mentioned there forking out you know do i have to pay to be on cameo sorry so. but you know Did, my energy know. bills have been going up
1: yeah yeah. Did i don't think you do do you well? no no you don't the uh it's commission-based um mark i'm quite happy to introduce you to it after we've done this podcast I,
0: i'm writing it
2: down alan thank you cameo I mean,
1: cameo it's very straightforward google it um it's,
2: um, on, it, it's and, on my list
1: uh, it's there 24 hours a day yeah, especially okay. with uh Promotion—you can get lots of good luck messages at the beginning. Oh, all
0: oh mate,
2: that. I'm all over that.
0: And, and you know, I'm—you know—not just I'm not just saying cashing in. You know, you've both—you've both put in your your years to the job you know i'm not even going any considering going anywhere near it after a mere sort of six years in the gig but i think once you pass decades and if you get to double decades i think you've probably got a bit of a bit of clout there to be able to work with you know you've done your time you deserve the rewards i think okay well, don't let's not mention cameo anymore actually because otherwise i'm gonna to have to get them on as a sponsor because they're getting way too much way too much free publicity um and what, and just because I wanted to ask you because where you are in match days now and the position you're in, and this has kind of started happening with me a bit more now, and obviously a lot with what, what, do you get ever create any kind of rapport with, with players or, or, or managers or you know in those sort of situations? Do they know who you are and what you do? Are they aware of you?
2: I think yeah, with a, with a few. Um, I, if I'm honest, on a match day, I try and I try and let them do. I'm well aware they've got a job to do, um, and so so have I. And although there's the obvious overlap, I think by and large, yeah, I just let them do their thing. And, and and there are obviously there are a few players at Forest now who who have been there for a little time. So yeah, I, I know who they are, and vice versa. And occasionally we'll have a little a little chat. Uh, occasionally, you might see them out of the club as well. If you're doing, I don't know, a charity do or something, and you're in the same place, uh, I can't say I've spent an awful lot of time with Steve Cooper. But again, we, we have a little, little wave, little wink, <laughs> a little good, good look, kind of. You're right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. I, I keep the two fairly, fairly separate.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, now you talk about the perks. Well, you talk about, you know, the. the... Everything that comes with, you know, getting into the Premier League after so long. Uh, of course, what also comes with it is um, is the glitz and the glamour and the telly and, and all the attention and, and all the things that will happen just because your uh, your club's in the Premier League. All the, you know, And I'm, I'm talking about sponsorship activity and, and all the extra kind of things, you know, that will come with that. And maybe even, you know, a crazy half-time game or some other fan engagement that's all important when you get to the Premier League. What, what sort of stuff have you been involved in any of that down the years? You know, the whole, I don't know, Tom Bowler at half halftime half time draw, a couple of, you know, hit the crossbar challenges, that kind of stuff? Yeah,
2: they've, over the years, they've done um, pretty much all of those. Yeah, halftime draw, um, crossbar challenge was always good fun uh i mean i always seem to happen on rainy mm. afternoons as well yeah and you think oh, i'll have a walk out on the pitch and then you end up kind of flying backside over elbow yeah. kind of thing um and they were always good fun there was always talk of doing the thing where you um they were trying to do the thing where you kick the ball through the car window and you win the car and i don't think that ever came off that was always one of those things that they talked about and you thought, that sounds brilliant." but never happened. Wow. And then, of course, COVID has kind of um, killed a lot of things off. And, yeah, we haven't done half times. Obviously, um, this last season has just been getting through. So it would be interesting to see what they're planning for, for uh, this new
0: season. Yeah, and the, the car thing strikes me as a bit of an odd one. It sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. But I suppose that would have involved, you know, someone driving, a car onto the pitch at halftime, yeah. you know, from one of them, you know, one of those huge entrances either side of the turn, you know, of, of the, of the stands. Yeah. And I suppose, depending what era we're talking here would massively dictate what kind of car we're talking about.
2: Yeah. And, and you're right. I remember someone saying at the time, you know, one of the things he was one of these, and again, this happens in radio as well. You do these competitions that are insured. So, and the insurance will have to work out the odds of something happening so that's how they were going to kind of come up with it but i remember someone saying you know to drive a car onto the pit you can imagine the ground staff be thinking (laughs) oh great yeah i've just been spending you know all all week forking this this pitch to make it like a like a velvet kind of carpet you drive a bloody Suzuki on there or whatever it is give away and you know yeah, so, it
0: probably would be a Suzuki as well it's got that Saturday night takeaway oh, sort of vibe about yeah, it yeah. isn't it yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Al it could have been a Chevy with you last season well um, I think uh, I may have mentioned this before but a really funny story about a car sponsor for United um, as you know Chevrolet were our main principal sponsor on the shirt but they're not now rich it's now Team Viewer uh, a tech company but going back to when um, Chevrolet were, Mark, uh, we went on tour to America and it was very early on. And um, I don't even remember the, the United legend Paddy Crerand, uh, but he was, he's a 68 European Cup winner and he's Scottish guy. And he's absolutely united through and through. He's, he's hilarious. And he used to do the co-commentating for the Man United television station. So on the away, on the tour... They'd have exclusive rights, you see. Anyway, um, so it was the I think it was the first season where Chevrolet sponsored the uh the tour and sponsored the shirt and everything. And we were over in um in Detroit where they're based, you know. And it was it was some of the most funniest commenting you've ever heard because Paddy Light is a bit of a character and you know, he's not he wouldn't be exactly concentrating on everything that's happening within the game. And he says to Stuart Gardner, his co commentator. He says, uh, Stuart, he says, I'm looking. He's got a really broad Scottish accent. He used to play for Celtic before United back in the day. He says, I'm looking over there at the far side of the pitch, Stuart, and there's a car. He said, "What? Well, what's the car doing at the side of the pitch? And Stuart Gander comes back to him and says, well, it might be in the name of the tournament, Paddy, that we're here in America, the Chevrolet Cup. You know, that might have something to do with the... But it was just, oh, you can imagine what Twitter was like in social media after that. Well, everyone loves Paddy, you know, the yeah. United legend. He would get away with it, you know, one of those quips. But what, what does it mean, you know? It's um, in the name of the competition. I, I'm,
0: I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'd, I'd love to do winner Car. I'm sure they were thinking about doing Win a House once somewhere and you had to, you know, they'd bring out a cutout of a house and you had to get it through the top bedroom window. And if you put the ball through top bedroom window... One that wow. house, but pfft, the, again. the possibilities are endless, well, aren't they? Yeah. I mean you
2: could do that with you could do it with a caravan, a motorhome, a porter cabin, yeah. you know. You I, name I do it.
0: think half time activity should be as close to something from Saturday night takeaway as possible. Show this, isn't it's it? has got to be. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm gonna yeah. have. I'm gonna have words yeah. at West Brom. I really am. Um, so, Mark, I want to. I want to get on to next season. Then, just just sort of as we wrap up, I just want to ask you. I suppose from an announcer's point of view, from being that person who you know welcomes the teams who is there as the voice of the city ground, is there a particular mm. moment you're looking forward
1: to most? Manchester United in town. <laughs> Who said that? West Brom, um, yeah. <laughs>
2: I think I mean yeah it is because I remember again going back to those FA Cup games from from last season when we were playing the likes of Arsenal and that they did put out a strong team it wasn't like Arsenal turned up and just put the reserves out and even their reserves are going you know they're going to be good but they were they were household names and because we had the euros and what have you as well you know Saka uh, and and then some of the familiar Leicester City players, you know, Madison Vardy was there, and, and then Liverpool came, the likes of Jordan Henderson, saying their names when you've kind of just recently been watching them in the Euro. So I can only imagine this coming season, as you mentioned there, Alan, you know, some of the Man U regulars, Harry Kane's people like that. I think it's it's just that, isn't it? It's those people that you see on match the match of the day that Forrest are going to be on, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, you'll probably end and up on Match of the Day as well, Mark, to be honest. That's, that's when I um, first, first started. I, I remember watching the games and wishing the commentator would shut up so you could hear, the, uh, hear me doing the team reads.
2: <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, that's what that's not what people tune into Match of the Day for, isn't it? I want to hear me. me. Um, but, yeah, I remember I read, actually on those FA Cup games, I remember texting my mum and saying, I uh, hope you're going to be watching the football. She's not a football fan at all. And uh, she she texted me back and said we haven't got those funny channels, and I said it's on BBC One, Mum. So you know you know you got no excuse at all. But uh, no, she was furious that something else had been moved, you know, Antiques yeah. Roadshow, or whatever, for <laughs> Boris on a Sunday tea it time. It
1: was yeah, my, yeah, a of Sundays, yeah.
2: my My backside's made it to fake um, Cup game or something like that. I've sometimes had messages from people go, I'm sure I've just seen your ass. On, on TV because, you know, when you're standing by the tunnel, <laughs> yeah. and the camera swip, swoops around you think, oh, I didn't move quite in time. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, so I'm, hopefully I'm, I'll get the rest of me on telling.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, w- I was caught chewing gum once. I remember someone messaged me saying, on a sky game are you doing are you doing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah remember remember that everyone's watching now mark any minute now you could be you know we could be the next third eye you never know
2: Uh, exactly yeah i will be very very careful and i'll dress up as well
0: uh yes if you could that'd be good (laughs) um and and overall i guess i want to i want to just finish on the idea of we always talk about you know the, how much the, the job we do is so special. We love what we do. We're very lucky and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, what, what in your opinion, makes a good stadium announcer? What are the quality somebody has to have to be able to stand up there and do it on match days?
2: Well, I, I suppose, you know, as well as the obvious ones, like, you know, voice and, and confidence and, you know, knowing what you're doing. I think it's kind of, I think it's an awareness thing. I think sometimes when I think about, um, you know, some of the... The, the darkest times, if you like, over the going back good few years. I think sometimes as announcers, we can get so in the moment. And I remember, especially when I first started, in my head, I thought, I've got to hype everything up and really hype the crowd up. And there comes a point where you've got to be aware that the crowd knows and you know that this is a really difficult run. And I think in in lots of ways, you have to kind of gauge that and think, yeah, we're all in the same place and I'm not going to kind of fool you and I'm not going to give it a really kind of, you know, dour, down read either, but I'm going to measure this and pitch it to a realistic point so I'm not trying to overhype, you know, a, a cup game on a Wednesday night in the whatever name of the cup it is, theme from League Two or non-league. You, you know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Very good shout. Really good shout. Yeah, makes sense. Well, that's just about it. We've got time for, um, Mark, good luck for the season. And, and just, you know, from experience that I can tell you, and, and Alan as well, prepare yourself for the Premier League juggernaut to roll into town.
2: Thank you. Uh, yeah. And the more we've been talking about, <laughs> talking about it, juggernaut and all, the more it's really sinking in. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and thank you for this. It's been really good fun. Yeah.
1: Who's your first game, your first home game against?
2: Uh, it's something called West Ham, Alan.
1: Oh well, there's there's your three points straight
2: away. You'll be fine <laughs> We'll be off to a flyer at home. <laughs> Newcastle away and then West Ham at home. So oh, yeah.
1: Well.
2: yeah, yeah, we're yeah. in the thick of it and fast.
1: Do you know, what, yes, I, I know... every game's important, Mark. Every game is crucial. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I know
0: they only shone a light on it, you know, in those la- in those cup games last year. But you know, it's it's it seems quite a notorious atmosphere, the City Ground. So I am looking forward for you to that first home game in the Premier League. Yeah. It's going to be something yeah. else. So good it's luck. going to
2: be special, yeah. Enjoy Fingers it. crossed.
0: Savour every moment. Thank you very much.
1: Alan, thank you very much for being here as always. OK, thanks a lot, mate. Lovely to
0: meet you. You
2: too. You at the
1: founder uh, next season.
2: Yeah, I look forward to it. Bye, guys.